This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 10th, 2023. What was I thinking, Aaron? Good morning, Connection Church. See, all are probably wondering, what is that about? What are they thinking? We're going to tell you. We're going to tell you. Well, it's good to be back. We've been away for a couple of weeks, but you know, it's always good to be home and uh, so good to be with you this morning here in the sanctuary. They're online. What a glorious day to be part of God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. So uh, first, we want to thank Karen Bennell for uh, coming last week and sharing the message. She's a dear friend. We've known her for many years, and she brings a wonderful message, doesn't she? Yeah. And, uh, and shared communion. So that was fantastic. And uh, she's also a Phillies fan, so you get a double bonus there. And, um, but we appreciate all who serve faithfully. It's so good to be able to go away and know that everything's just going to be, you know, that they don't really need you, you know. That's, good. That's a good thing to know. Anyway, today we begin a, a new series, three-part series, entitled, What Was I Thinking? Uh, we'll be looking at three people in the scriptures who had some, uh, had a rather a questionable move at one point or another, and today our focus is on a guy named Aaron. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is great to be back. And it was, as Alan said, it was so good to know <clears throat> that everything is covered. You guys rock. Thank you so much for giving us some breathing space away. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah, right. yeah. But uh, anyway, um, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the rain. Thank you that um, you give us what we need. God, you are such a good God. Settle us in right here or online so that we can receive what you want for us. Help us have some laser focus, Lord. Remove any distractions. We give this time to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. What was I thinking? So in the early days of Connection, we were first starting, our son-in-law, Ted, has the job that, that Barry has now, you know, overseeing uh, worship and all that, and doing the graphics and everything. And... Um, so one Saturday night, Ted and our daughter Megan, they were married, uh, they were over for dinner, and, and the Sunday message was a message called Set Apart, and the image that Ted had created was like a fish bowl with a fish jumping out of the bowl, you know, set apart. And so while we're eating dinner, Ted and I came up with a brilliant idea of getting a goldfish to give away on Sunday morning. So at 7 o'clock Saturday night, Ted jumps in the car and goes over to the mall to the, to the uh, uh, pet store and gets, I don't remember, must have been like 200 goldfish. And the plastic bags you put them in and aquarium or whatever it was big enough to hold them and, and comes in and sets it up at church and there we are ready to go Sunday morning. Of course, when Sunday morning rolled around, about half of those fish were... were Does anybody remember that? Yeah? You do? Oh my gosh. We were in the old place on Green Street and we had that desk and we had those goldfish right there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, they were uh, belly up, about half of them. 
but we proceed at the end of the service, put them in the plastic bags. Of course, then the people had to somehow, you know, you don't keep a fish in a plastic bag, do you? We hadn't thought of that. You know, so they had to either stop and get a bowl on the way home or an aquarium and, and, and all that. And I'm sure the parents were just loving us at this point. And they were especially loving us the next day because I think about another 50% of the fish were belly up again. Um, Barry said he was going to have a toilet flushing at the end of that video, but he decided he wouldn't make sense until we explained that. I think the best part that came out of all that was that they gave the moms and dads in the congregation opportunity to talk to their children about death and dying, right? Yeah. And, and, and so, um, you know, the thing is, it seemed like a really good idea at the time. I mean, it was brilliant. It was creative. It was, you know, people are going to have a good time, take home a goldfish. What were we thinking? Well, obviously, we weren't, were we? We hadn't thought through the whole thing completely, and we just went impulsively, boom. What were we thinking? I can still remember the dinner conversation when they're like, yeah, let's get goldfish. I'm like, what? Oh, my goodness. But Ted was out the door before she got the what out Yeah, he out. was. Okay. Well, maybe that what was I thinking has happened to you. Maybe you've thought that a time or two. I know that I've thought that before. You know, there might be something impulsive come in my mind, and I follow through before kind of seeing the whole thing through. And as a result, it's a little bit different than I imagined. And sometimes there might even be a consequence or two that are beyond what I thought would happen. What mm. was I thinking? You know, we see examples of this throughout the Bible. In fact, that's one of the things I really love about God's Word. I truly do, that it portrays humankind in all its glory, flaws and all. And the Bible doesn't cover up the blemishes. It, it, it doesn't downplay the mistakes. It gives full ownership <laughs> to those who, well, um, had a good idea at the time and then had to ask, what was I thinking? Uh, one such individual is Aaron. Aaron. He was the brother of Moses. And as a result, Moses or Aaron does not get a lot of attention because, you know, Moses was a heavy hitter. But I want to ask, Anybody have any idea how many times in the Bible, if you were here last service, don't answer. And did you just tell them? I did not tell them. So anyway, anybody have any idea how many times Aaron's mentioned in the Bible? 42, you caught that. 342. 342 times. That's a lot. I meant to have a little paper with it, and I forgot between services. That is really a lot. Now, we find Moses' name a lot more than that, but I think 342 times means that this guy's pretty important, and so that's what we're going to be talking about him today and why and what he did. Okay, so we first... Uh read about Aaron in the book of Exodus when God calls Moses. How many remember God burning bush calling Moses out there in the desert to go free his people? A lot of people are familiar with that story. Free the people who've been enslaved in Egypt for four, over 400 years. And now Moses gives God every excuse in the book why this is not a good idea. Anybody ever give God excuses for when God calls you to do something? 
Yeah, I see a little half hour. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and, and every good idea for why he couldn't, shouldn't do it. But God counters every excuse. God's pretty good at countering those excuses. And finally, Moses says he's never been good at eloquent speech because his mouth and tongue are sluggish, whatever that means. Uh, some, uh, you know, in some commentaries they say perhaps he was a stutterer, maybe had some kind of a speech impediment, I don't know. Whatever, he gives this excuse, and the Lord doesn't buy it and says he will help him speak, he'll teach him what to say, and Moses again asks God to please find somebody else. Then the Lord's anger burned. against Moses. And he said, what about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. So this is the first time in scripture that we meet Aaron. It appears that God makes Aaron and Moses kind of a package deal here. Every time we see Moses for quite a while, he is yoked with Aaron. And so Moses tells Aaron everything that God has shared with him and all the signs that Moses has been told to perform. Mm -hmm. So we pick it up at Exodus 4, verse 30, 31a. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people, and they believed. So it was quite a relationship God had set up between these brothers, Uh, Exodus 7.1. Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. And and then we see Moses and Aaron together again as they come before Pharaoh, uh, uh, verse 6 in chapter 7. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Verse 8, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron. So you have this combo package throughout the early part of the book of Exodus. So over and over and over, we see not just Moses, but Moses and Aaron, and they go before Pharaoh. Now, many of us have seen the movie Ten Commandments, and remember Charlton Heston played Moses. Charlton didn't need any Aaron. I mean, it was just, that whole thing was portrayed a little bit different, of course, than it really was. It's a little misleading because... The real Moses, the tongue-tied, not-so-good-with-words Moses, he needed his brother's help, and he got it. So God has Moses and Aaron working together, and finally Pharaoh lets God's people go. And they, and they leave, they get away from Egypt, they're out in the desert on the way to the promised land. Aaron's role, his job now, changes. We've just been through 32 chapters, and that's it. Yeah, we just jumped, uh, 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 well, it's a chapter 28, so we yeah. jumped uh, 24, uh, or 21. This is what God tells Moses at this point. He says, make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. Tell all the skilled workers to whom I have given wisdom in such matters that they are to make garments for Aaron for his consecration so he may serve me as a priest. So we've got a little change of... Of, 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 of role here. So no longer is Aaron the mouthpiece for Moses, but he's no longer the assistant, but now he has been given a new role 
a new job. That, that previous role is given to Joshua now. Remember Joshua and Caleb, it, that's a great, great story right there. But now Aaron has been called to be the spiritual leader. Spiritual leader, the high priest of the Israelite people. He's the spiritual leader of over 600,000 men and women and children make it like a million, way, way lot, two million people. I mean, it's like the size of, well, Delaware's pretty small, but Twice Delaware's the size got of Delaware. over, you know, a million people. So to be in charge, to be the priest of, of that many people, that is a lot. And that's what God put in the hands of Aaron. So while in the desert, God called Moses to Mount Sinai, God's mountain, telling him to tell the people that if they keep his covenant, they of all nations will be his treasured possession, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Moses delivered the message and, and the people responded that they would do all that God had said. They would be loyal. They would be faithful. They would do what they were supposed to do. They would, and God then called Moses up the mountain to be with him, to share the Ten Commandments along with all the other rules and regulations uh, set up for this new nation called Israel. The people were to remain below, separate from the mountain. They were not to touch it. They were to keep their distance patiently, I, I emphasize, patiently waiting for Moses to return. Patiently waiting for Moses to return. Aaron, the high priest now, was going to be in charge during uh, Moses' absence. An absence which will turn out to be, and they didn't know ahead of time, 40 days. 40 days. Well, 40 days can be a long time. Especially when you're waiting for something. Especially when you're waiting for someone to return like Moses. Exodus 32, verse 1. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around to Aaron and said, Come, let us make gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Forty days. Forty days. They were getting impatient, weren't they? They were getting impatient. Little did they know that, even, that they're going to end up spending 40 years in the desert. <laughs> you think about that, 40 days doesn't seem like much. But right now, they're focused on 40 days, and that's too long for their leader to be gone. Apparently, they need something tangible to hang on to, something that they can see, something that they can touch, something that they can just look at. Um, and for us, this might seem a little strange to create God, to create things we worship. But on the other hand, maybe it isn't so strange because we, we have these things. Some of us worship our car, don't we? Some of us worship our house. Some of us worship other people. You know, physical things that we worship really is not that far-fetched for human beings. And so these, these solid tangibles can become our, our gods with a little g, little g gods. Not the god, but gods. You know, the funny thing is, what, what, what we'll do, um, you see what we have on the wall there, that cross, we know what that's similar. But we'll fashion 
cross is out of brass, nice and shiny. And if we're not careful, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the cross. The cross is crucial. But if we're not careful, we may end up worshiping the cross more so than the one who hung from the cross. And we always have to be careful where, what the object of our worship is. We, we, we need to look out for these little g-gods that we spend so much time and attention on. You know, it's one thing for the people to call for gods, little g-gods to be made, but it was another thing for Aaron to comply. <laughs> Exodus 32. Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We got to ask, what in the world was Aaron thinking? He's their spiritual leader. He is serving as their priest. He's Moses' big brother. You know, another place in Scripture it says he was 83, Moses was 80. You know, big brothers are supposed to know how to be in charge, right? How many oldest do we have here? You know how to be in charge, don't you? Because you had to do it at home when you were a kid. It's part of the deal. What was he thinking? He, he, got, he should be used to making decisions, to leading with a firm hand, to give direction. But not in this case. Not in this case. People tell Aaron to make them gods who will go before them, and Aaron complies, gathering the gold earrings and cast them into a golden calf, while the people are saying, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I mean, this Aaron had seen God in action, hadn't he? He had gone with Moses right to, to the, the most powerful guy in, that part, in, that, in the world probably at that point, Pharaoh. Had gone toe-to-toe with Pharaoh along with Moses. Uh, 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 he, he, he was in the court, and, and, and when, when God brought the plagues that, that ended up with the death of the firstborn, brought Pharaoh to his knees. He had seen God part the Red Sea when Pharaoh had followed them and pushed them right up to the edge on the desert. Aaron was right there with Moses in the midst of all this. What is he thinking? Apparently, he wasn't. <laughs> Hello. Apparently, he wasn't really thinking. He was acting. He was just acting out on the situation. You know... Maybe he was fearful of the people. Maybe he was afraid there would be a big revolt if he said no. Maybe he was afraid that he wouldn't be liked if he didn't respond to their desire. I can tell you as a pastor, that's been me. In 22 years, there have been times when 
against something deep inside, which I know is the Holy Spirit, I caved and said, yeah, okay, because I didn't want somebody to not like me or not be happy. That can happen. Yeah, maybe that was him. Maybe he was wondering, like, gosh, when is Moses coming back? You know, what is going on? And perhaps he let his guard down. Perhaps he was tired. You know, he was leading all these people. Maybe he was just tired, and so he let his guard down. That's what happens to me sometimes when I get overly tired. How about you? Yeah. Our guard comes down. We become more vulnerable. When we're tired, we might even take our eyes off of God. Or how about when things are really going good? Maybe we take our eyes off of God. Maybe this was Aaron. Maybe this was what was going on. His humanness certainly did show through. He was vulnerable. He was weak. He looked a whole lot like you and me. I've been there. You have too, I'm sure, at times. And it was with things much more important than goldfish on a Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, doing something that seemed like a good idea at the time, but it turned out uh, not to be such a good idea, and we end up asking ourselves, what was I thinking? And, and the answer is obviously I wasn't. Yeah, you think back through the scriptures. I'm sure after it was all said and done, Adam and Eve after tasting that forbidden fruit, went, what were we thinking? <laughs> when they got thrown out of paradise, you know, the, 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 the angels with the swords blocking their path back to, back to <laughs> paradise. What were we thinking? It's, it's what Paul ta is talking about in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans. I'm, I'm going to read this kind of slowly because if I don't, I'm going to sound like Moses, tongue-tied, and um, so here we go. Romans seven fifteen to 20. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. <laughs> and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. Amen? Amen. So no matter how strong we are, or how good we are, or even how close to God we are, when we get to a point where we begin to operate in our own strength, or our own way. We, we're a forgetful people, aren't we? Yeah. It's like, God, 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 God. And then it's like, yeah. Well, then you kind of forget a little bit. And we have moments of weakness and failure. And sin is in the middle of all that because 
you know, I, S, I, and it's, it's our own selfish wants or needs or desires or we want it this way at the expense of someone or something else. It, that's just human nature. And sometimes these moments are where we do what we do. Sometimes they're kind of small. They don't really hurt anybody. And sometimes they're not. And sometimes they do hurt people even beyond what we think. There's a fallout even beyond what, no, nah, it's not gonna matter. Yes, it does matter. Yes, it does. And so sooner or later, sometimes I hope we look back in retrospect as we do some life evaluation or heart evaluation and we think, what was I thinking? Well, what was I thinking? It seemed like a good idea at the time, but it really wasn't. Well, when we get to those moments of what was I thinking and realize it wasn't good, first of all, it's important to go back and try to make amends if there are any that are needed. But these what was I thinking moments might not be as frequent if we just step back, take a deep breath, and we talk to God. We take a moment, we push pause. Anytime we're, we can be in any situation and things can begin to escalate where we might get to what was I thinking moment when we look back. All we need to do is like psychologically push pause for a moment and say, okay, God, help me. I know that you're with me. Help me process, help me think through. Go to the bathroom if you're at work. Oh, got to go to the bathroom. Go think. Go pray. Go talk to God. And those what was I thinking moments might not be so frequent. Mm -hmm. But we still have them, don't we? Might not be as frequent, but we still have those times when we say, what was I thinking? And just as, as Aaron fashioned the golden calf, we fashioned something that is contrary to God. To what he would have us do, contrary to what we know God would want us to do. It's that thing that separates us from God. In the church, we call that word sin, right? Sin. And uh, we, 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 we can't change that all on our own. As, as Paul was saying, I have this, this propensity to sin. Uh, we aren't that good that we can uh, completely not sin and that we can forgive ourselves for the sin we commit. So that's why we need a Savior. And his name is Jesus. Here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus didn't have those what was I thinking moments? No, <laughs> he didn't have those moments. He didn't have those times like, well, it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> Perfect Jesus. Human, he was human, yet divine. And his purpose was to show us, he came for a purpose, to show us the way, the truth, and the life. He came to be our good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. We are the sheep. We need somebody to help us along. And that's Jesus. 
He came to be light. He said, I am the light of the world. In him there is no darkness. Your dark will never be completely dark when Jesus is in the room. Jesus came for such a time as this, as today, as right now. And he came to give us a second chance. He came to forgive. He came to restore. We just need to get real with God. I was doing my Bible study uh, this past week, and there's we're studying prayer. And the writer said, when you pray, tell the truth. You remember that, Susan? When you pray, tell the truth. I'm thinking, well, that's weird. But you know, even when I talk to God, I might try to you know, sweeten it up or make it look a little bit better than it really is. God already knows. Just go to God and tell the truth. And let him save you, save us from ourselves. And every single day we can say, okay, Jesus, I'm a sinner, I'm in the need of a savior, and that is you. Thank you, Lord, come into my life. I, I, I do that every day, I try to do that every day. We can do that. Jesus, walk with me, talk with me, help me be focused on you. What was I thinking? I was thinking I need Jesus. What about you? We do. We do. That's God's purpose to draw us into a relationship so that we could have abundant life, full of joy in the midst of the chaos, peace when it doesn't make sense. Let's all be thinking about Jesus. He is good all the time. All the time, he is good. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for this story of Aaron. Wow, 342 times in Scripture. He's pretty important. And everybody in this room is important to you, Lord. And everybody on the other side, in the, in the sound of my voice, is important. Help each one of us feel valued and loved by you. Help us get rid of those voices in our head that want to scramble our lives and want to tell us that we're not anything and that we're not worth it. Lord, everybody is worth it. You died for every single person. And so we thank you. We thank you for those people around us who are the errands in our lives, who hold us up who encourage us. Help us be that for somebody else. Help us remind others and by your Holy Spirit remind us of your goodness. Your goodness that never lets us go. We thank you for today and we praise your holy name in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. 
Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.